That's tough. Bearcats lose. Welcome into Chatterbox Bearcats with Chuck and Houdini. Final score from Morgantown, West Virginia. The Mountaineers improved to 8-13, and 3-5 and in the Big 12 with a 69-65 win over Cincinnati, who drops to 14-7, and 3-5 and in the Big 12. And this was the song that I had ready to play. I had it ready to go. Super excited to talk about the Bearcats' potential chances for an NCAA tournament bid. So, what was I going to play? You know what I was going to play, Houdini, right out of the gate. We were going to give it one of these. And instead, you know what we're playing? It's back to what we were doing against Xavier. Should we just do this for the rest of the show? Play the bagpipes? I, I mean, it's Maybe. it's fitting at this point because that's a game that Cincinnati had no business losing. Up by nine points with five minutes to go, they find a way to lose it down the stretch. Opening thoughts. Awful. A, a game, we were just talking about it before we jumped on. Uh, it, it, you can't lose this game. Looking at the Big 12 schedule, this was one of those that you had to pencil in as a win if we wanted to stay. You know, Lenardi, I know it doesn't really matter. He's got his last four, uh, first four out, excuse me. Um, we're going to drop significantly. This is our worst loss of the year by far. And now we got we to gotta knock off some, some big dogs. Um, like you were saying, like the Iowa State game, Texas Tech. We can't lose those anymore. Um, I don't know what, as far as what we did down the stretch, was an ab abomination. I mean, truly, up nine points. They can't figure out the pick-and-roll defense. Um, I think that's something tangible that Wes is going to have to work on uh, with Edwards. And uh, Edwards not being hurt, I think he was hurt like the whole year, absolutely killed us. I mean, he demolished us, 25-10. and 10. We had no answer. Uh, for Creesa and that little pick and roll with Edwards, man. It was uh, brutal. Brutal down the stretch, man. This was a lose-lose, but it would have been a big win. And what I mean by that is you get nothing from winning this game against West Virginia. It's survive in advance if the Bearcats win. They lost the game to West Virginia, and now they have a quad three, I believe. Fact check me. But I think it's a quad three loss on the resume. And one that Kansas has, West Virginia is not – an atrocity their record would say otherwise but they've won a couple big 12 games one being over Kansas and, and you watch them and they clearly have some talent on that team I mean their point guard was Arizona's starting point guard last year for a number two seat but you win this game it's a big win because now you're down to potentially Oklahoma State as your last game that can really nullify some big wins because you go into the you know the, the tournament conversation and you have three, four wins over quad one teams, and you don't have any quad two, quad three, or quad four losses, you're in pretty damn good shape to make the NCAA tournament. This, it stings, man. And I hate that lose-lose game. They would have gotten nothing from winning this game, but they needed that win, and the Bearcats did not get it. They lose by four. I would say the team's in good shape. I would have said it about 30 minutes ago real time. The team is not in good shape right now. They desperately need a win at Texas Tech or they're going to drop to 3-6 and six in the Big 12. That game is on the road at Texas Tech and the schedule doesn't get any easier from there. We could talk about the future in just a little bit, but let's talk about what happened down the stretch. A big-time three-pointer by Simas Lukosius with about a minute to go. That put the Bearcats at one. 
Raekwon Battle responded with a three-pointer of his own. West Virginia goes up two. It turned into a three-point game. No, it stayed two. And what did the Bearcats do? They go with a Victor Locken three. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it was Locken that went for the three, thinking he was Kevin Pitznagel firing up a deep one that looked like his three at the end of the first half, which is an atrocity, and he missed everything. Uh, not a good shot, and that is how the Bearcats lose it. Victor Locken played his worst game of the season. I know that he was sick, missed the last game, probably didn't practice much, but um, it hurt having him take that last shot of the game. It hurt having him on the floor in that situation. You mentioned it, Houdini. Should have been one of those games where West kind of read the room and saw the writing on the wall that it wasn't Vic's night. Yeah, and it's on the coach to make that adjustment. I mean, Victor, he's he's got to maintain his confidence and – you just don't want him shooting that shot, especially he's 0 for 5. He was a zero across the board. He had three rebounds, four turnovers, and three fouls, zero points. That's the guy we're going to in the most crucial moment of the game. Uh, absolutely not. I would have taken it if he was shooting, you know, a six-footer in the lane, something along those lines, a three, and then to follow it up with a, the day-day uh, Tracy McGrady fadeaway from 30 feet with three guys in his face. We still had 30 seconds on the clock. Um just really bad execution to to end this game. Um, we could let the ten point lead slip with five minutes. Um, just a bot. You don't expect that from this UC team. And I don't know. I was thinking, if you're going to be a good team, you got to have a few different ways to beat a team. And I'm not sure we have that. Um, it's going to be a rock fight every time we play. We started to hit some shots, but at the end of the day, I mean, shit. We shot 38 percent from the field. 28% from three, but it felt like they were shooting 75% from three in the second half because they made a few. Um, but we got to find other ways to win games, and you got to close out. I mean, we've lost, I think, our five conference games by five, an average of five points or less. That's a that's a problem with executing down the stretch, right? It, it can't happen that many times for it just to be bad luck, um, and this certainly wasn't one of them. We, we had the game, and we blew it. Cincinnati can't shoot. It's been the theme of the season, despite what the numbers said at the beginning of the year. We all looked at the roster, especially with no C.J. Frederick, and you see a roster with a bunch of guys that aren't amazing three-point shooters. Skewed at the beginning of the year because of some of the numbers that Victor Locken was putting up when he was shooting 50-plus percent from deep. Uh, that's not going to happen every single game, and it hasn't happened in a while as Locken has been struggling you hate to see it as a whole. One of ten in the first half was Cincinnati from three. In the second half, they were pretty hot. They went uh, they went eight of twenty two, uh, but a lot of those missed shots were down the stretch where the Bearcats really couldn't do anything from three point range. I think they missed their last five or so. So they they shot it well in the second half. They out rebound West Virginia forty two to thirty three in the game, and it makes you wonder how the hell do they lose this game. How do you blow this game up by nearly double digits with about five minutes to go? And it came down to a few turnovers here and there. Bad shot selection down the stretch. And you got to give it to West Virginia, man. They hit shots. Battles three especially. They, they hit shots. They hit shots at the end of the game. I mean, they gave us every opportunity missing the uh, those free throws towards the end. But we kept just – we just were having a competition of who can shoot a shittier shot to end the game, apparently. Um the, the technical on Reynolds, I don't know if there's any inside information on – he better have said something insane to that ref or to the bench because it looked like he did absolutely nothing. And that was kind of a big swing at that point in time. I know we ended up taking the lead after that. But, 
what the hell was that call? Did you see that? Uh, yeah, it's it was almost as bad of a call as TCU when Dan Skillings was at the free throw line and they put time on the clock after he shot the free throw. Um, not quite as egregious as that, considering I literally think that's illegal. You can't do that. Um, you can call a technical on whoever you want. I don't know what Jamil said or did, but uh, let's run through the box score, man. 13 points for Seamus Lukosius, 15 for Dan Skillings, 12 for Dayday Thomas, 9 for John Newman, 4 for Aziz Bandego, 4 for Jamil Reynolds, 4 for Odio Guama, 2 for Jizzle James, 2 for Josh Reed. His Cincinnati drops to 14 and 7, 3 and 5 um, in the conference. And, dude, 28%, I heard at one point, the Bearcats were shooting 28% from three-point range in Big 12 conference play. That's not good at all. And they keep firing them up. I mean, they shot 32 of them. At the same time, though, especially when John Newman went out, because people don't talk about how big a loss that was down the stretch. He goes out with a couple minutes left. And, um, you know, John Newman is the, the steady hand that guides the ship. And, unfortunately, they crashed into a couple rocks, a couple icebergs down the stretch. Um, they didn't have Newman. They really didn't have anyone that could create their own shot. Dan Skillings did it at moments, but he was mainly scoring from behind the three-point line. Day-Day had a few nice plays, CMOS, but aside from that, man, uh, this team does not have an assassin. They do not have a go-to player down the stretch, and that is partly why they lost this game. They have a steady hand. They probably win. No, it, it's it's ugly every game. You still expect to win this game in particular, especially when they're up 10. Um, shout out Luke Lamb, and I guess that is the uh, silver lining. Pitchers and catchers report in 10 days. So maybe we have something else to talk about than uh, watching UC just clank a bunch of shots every damn game. Um, but this is a game you got to win. You got to put the ball in the damn hoop. Um, we started to rely on the three at the very end of the game. I have no idea why, and I'm, it's going to be hard to sleep tonight thinking about those three threes that we chucked up with absolutely no business having them. But defensively, I think, is where we kind of blew it at the end of the game. That's usually kind of our bread and butter. You see up 10, you do not anticipate, I don't care who we're playing, with four minutes left, that they're going to blow that lead with the defense that they play and the rebounding ability that we have. Uh, that went out the window. I don't know if it's the air in Morgantown or what. Um, or, you know, Bob Huggins was just breathing down their throats and, and we let one slip away. But it was uh, – it was ugly. I feel like I'm a broken record. We say this every game. We're like, God, that was disgusting. That was shameful to watch. And it happens every game. We got to figure it out, though. Baylor figured it out on the road at UCF. That was the only other Big 12 game tonight. Baylor 77, UCF 69. Cincinnati's fighting with a bunch of teams in conference for a potential NCAA berth. Kansas State, maybe. Maybe Texas. Who else is going to be on the bubble? I mean, half the conference, it feels like, is going to be on the bubble because they're all beaten up on each other. Since he's going to have plenty of chances to get back in it, the best way to do it is against Texas Tech on Saturday. No easy task. Let's throw up the schedule real quick. At Texas Tech, then it's Houston. So you could very easily start off 3-7, and seven, and we could be talking about, you know, the Reds, pitchers, and catchers reporting. Is Corky Miller back for another stint is he coming out of retirement that could be the talk from us on this show because i know you know nothing about reds pitchers and catchers with all due respect to you houdini but then it's iowa state it's at ucf it's oklahoma state 
a three-game stretch where Cincinnati could get hot and maybe you lose to Texas Tech and Houston and you sneak back into things. At TCU, at Houston, Kansas State, at Oklahoma. Then you got to beat West Virginia at home. So not easy sledding by any means. Your overall thoughts there. I love doing this, the schedule game. Run down it right now in about five seconds and give me the wins, losses. We've had trouble winning at fifth third. I think we lose. Houston is loaded. Um, Iowa State, I think we can absolutely beat. I think we actually match up pretty well against them. And then you're looking at UCF and Oklahoma State. So if we can get even the a Texas Tech on the road, let's say, and, and we lose to Houston and we can pull one out against Iowa State, we're right back in the driver's seat. We got no layups in this conference, but then you got UCF and Oklahoma State. So we can skate through those those two games, and then you got TCU on the road. That could come down to us making the tournament or not. And then Houston at home, um, that's going to be tough. And then obviously we finish. We got another shot at West Virginia, actually. I didn't know we played them twice, uh, last game of the year. So there's every opportunity is in front of us. Um, eight's you got to take it number, one right? game at a time. Eight's that yeah, magic you gotta get number? Eight wins. I think so, and it, it's funny the way that the Big 12 worked. We rigged the hell out of the, the net rankings. Our out-of-conference schedules across the board are atrocious. But what we did was beat the hell out of every team. Offensive efficiency was phenomenal. Defense, all the Ken Palm shit that everyone looks at. So we're in a good spot just being in the Big 12, beating up on each other. But we got to get some wins. So I'm not calling it a season or anything like that. We got plenty of opportunities, but – Tough to let one of these that was supposed to be a gimme slip away. It starts with Texas Tech. That is on Saturday. It's a 6 p.m. Eastern time tip. And again, that is in Lubbock, Texas. Um, Not a must-win game, but it's a game that the Bearcats could really, really use, to say the least. Aside from Dan Skillings having his moments in the second half, Day-Day Thomas having his moments in the second half, John Newman continuing to be the steady hand that leads the ship um, and Victor Locken playing really bad. Did you have any other takeaways from the five guys that we haven't really mentioned? Five guys that we haven't mentioned? Hold on. Let me pull up my notes, Chuck. I took some detailed notes here. We didn't even mention that Jizzle's uh, got a new haircut, the high pony. I don't know how we didn't play him more minutes. I did like that we um, – not enough, but he did go day-day and Jizzle at the same time. I think at this point when you're looking at – how awful we've been offensively. Why not give those two guys who are at least Let it straight up athletes, get it up and down the floor quickly, can get to the rim. Um, day-day finishing, very questionable. But to have two guys that can can attack the basket on the court at the same time rather than having a, a locking out there with an Aziz at the same time. I, I still think we got to go small. Um, as we have seen, scoring you know 50 points a game isn't going to get it done. we got to get some offensive threats out there. So – that's what I want to see more of. I want to see some more Xavier Cincinnati banter in the chat room. Some Musketeers hopped in. They got nothing better to do. They stink. The Muskies stink this season. So what do they do? They're going to hop in the Bearcats chat room under some alias, and they're going to be trolls tonight. Congrats on hanging your NIT banner last year. But look, I can't even talk. I'm broken inside because the Musketeers beat us again. And there's some delusional Bearcats fans out there that say, yeah, but we don't get up for that game. It's their Super Bowl. Shut up. We lose to Xavier every single year. We can't even stand on that right now. We can't beat West Virginia. We can't beat Xavier. Figure it out, Wes. Figure it the hell out. Breaking news. And just to state, one, we are not journalists. The Chatter Podcast will will spread any rumor there is. But our friend Coach, 
Coach said he was in the line getting some peanuts late in the game, and a drunk West Virginia fan told him Huggy Bear is going to DePaul. So start the rumor mill now that DePaul is going to have Huggy Bear on the sidelines soon. I, I love that. And, and Coach, our anonymous source, said, I trust this guy. He goes, run with this story now. He was just a random guy. He's like, I know his sources. They're tight. They're airtight. Run with the story. Bob Huggins to DePaul. I mean, I'm starting to wonder if basketball might be bad for Bob's health. He looked great. He looked like he lost 75 pounds just over the course of not being the head basketball coach anymore. So it he might be better good. for him to yeah. step he away, but he's he's got an itch for hoops. So I think he'll be back. I hope he's back because he needs to be a part of college basketball. He's one of the he was one of the last guys that was like a staple, like the Coach K's and Bayheims of the world that was still coaching. And he's still, I mean, he's relatively young, right? He's, he could do a number of years. Do we have any updated information on C.J. Frederick? Is there any timetable that has been shot out there by Wes? Because we need him desperately. I heard he's getting close to returning to practice, whatever that means. Um, once he gets back to practice, I'm sure he'd practice for a week or so, see how the hamstring feels and go from there. But hammies are tough, man. You ever tried running on a, on a tweaked hammy? It's not easy. I had a Charlie horse in high school that took me out for like six games. So yeah. I can't imagine the hamstring is going to be easy. But uh, Matt Myers makes a point. I, is it is it college basketball if you you can play a limited amount of time and still qualify for a red shirt? I think it's college football that if you touch the field, it's gone. No, it's the it's, opposite. College it's the football. The opposite. Okay. Yeah, but it but it didn't used to be that way. I mean, I don't know when the rule changed, but I remember Sage Tolentino playing in a game in Maui last year and somehow he's a red shirt so I, I don't really know how the NCAA does anything I mean at, at this point they're wearing number seven we got players wearing number eight I don't know when the hell that changed that wasn't allowed back in the day so I don't know man I just go to my nine to five I hop on a post-game show I try to tell it like it is I give out some horrendous takes and I have to watch a team that breaks my heart over and over we'll over. get Dave Yost to make them eligible no matter what so we can have Rayvon uh, play the rest of the season, and then we'll get his red shirt back by Dave Yost. That's the plan. Yeah. Dave will be good. Hey, I want to finish it with this, folks. It's not over yet. That's all I'm going to say. The dream is still alive. It's not over. Oh, I can't do that. Batista with the catch! Sorrentine hit that one to the parking lot. We're soon to add in. Jizzle James. Ah, the runner. Um, Bearcats still in the mix for an NCAA tournament. That's the good news. The bad news is after this game, uh, John Rothstein's tweet that he had last game where he said the Bearcats are an NCAA tournament team. That's not necessarily the case. Um, win at Texas Tech, man. Win at Texas Tech. All right, I've had it. Uh, thanks to everyone for joining. Again, subscribe to the audio podcast. I'm going to drink this um, Fuzzy Smack Berlinger Weiss, Weiss, Weiss with peach. I am not feeling peachy tonight. Good night, everybody. That's an embarrassing beer. Good night, everybody. We're still making the tournament. See you, folks. <laughs>